Hello everybody, it is Paul here, and you know when I am the first voice you hear that something has happened, something is unusual. So I just have two points of business to uh, get to before, you know, we start to show properly. Um, number one, good producer that I am, uh, noticed very early on that something was up with Barry's mic. Uh, so you'll hear uh, for the first five minutes, maybe it's a little bit echoey. It doesn't sound exactly right. And then suddenly at the push of a button, you'll notice that suddenly he's coming through clean and, and as normal. So don't be put off by the, uh, the first just couple of minutes where he sounds a bit tinny. We got that fixed very early on, so that shouldn't be an issue. Uh, and more importantly, secondly, and I wouldn't be able to forgive myself for letting this one go, I'm pretty sure in my review of The Exorcist, which is coming up today, uh, that I said that it stars Selma Blair, which is, of course, incorrect. Uh, it's Linda Blair who plays uh, Reagan in The Exorcist, not the much younger Selma Blair, who I'm not even sure if Selma Blair was born when The Exorcist was being made. Um, so just, you know, in case you're listening to it, don't bother to point it out now. I've corrected it already. Linda Blair is in The Exorcist. I know it. I know it's Linda Blair. So I don't want tweets at your boy, the Paul Griffin. Uh, you said Selma Blair is in The Exorcist. She isn't. I know. I've said it. I've beaten you to the punch now. So sorry about that. And yeah, and so apart from that, normal show. Everything goes well. Audio quality, ooh, bleh, bleh, sounding great. My laptop did break at one point, but you'll you'll never know because it was perfectly edited out. Uh, I forgot to plug in my battery and then it overheated. Not to worry. There's a new laptop cooling pad on the way. There'll be no issues with that. Anyway, that's enough blathering about audio issues and which Blair is in which film. So I will now defer to your regular ep. Goodbye. another Sunday evening, which means it is the Chair Shot Podcast, back where it's supposed to be, where you expect it, when you go looking for it. It's where it should be, in your podcast feed of a Monday morning. That means the lads got it done. Thank God, they got it done on a Sunday. It's the Chair Shot Podcast, we're here to chat, but all the things we usually chat about and more. I'm one of your hosts, Barry Murphy, joined, as always, by our ever-dependable co-host, first of all, Mr. Joe Town. Good evening, everyone, or good morning, or good afternoon, wherever you are. Wherever you are, in time. A uh, little bit of little bit of true mint here. Did that ever hurt anyone? No, it did not. Um, also with us, Mr. Paul Griffin. In the wild, wild west. Yeah, we were having a little um, uh, sing off before the um, uh, the show began. The lads were doing wild, wild west. I have to say, lads, I am. Um, this is this is a thing that I both enjoyed, but it's also made me feel really old this week. 
is we were doing more more work on the house, just finishing off some painting and stuff. And so we stuck we stuck the radio on, which first of all, there's your sign, you're fucking old there, uh, as as opposed to watching The Simpsons or something while you paint. But there's a new station in our well, relatively new station in Ireland. It's basically oldies, right? Mm-hmm. But it's oldies for people my age, so it's like uh, it's called Freedom Freedom FM. And it's all its station idents are like all oh, the classics from the 90s and noughties. So it's everything up to 2009, right? right? So it's basically, it's nostalgia, but for people from my age. And I kind of scoffed. I was like, what? That's so recent. What's the point of that? And it's like, well, actually, no, because when I was, you know, 10, those stations were all 70s and 80s. And that was normal. I just realized, no, you're just old now. That's the thing. The, so when they when they played um, Shake It, Make It, Move It, Make It, Who Do You Think You Are by the Spice Girls, I was like, that's not recent, though. That's actually really old. Um, yeah. And you recognize it because you're really old now. Um, but listen, absolutely slapped. I mean, I'm not going to complain about it at all. You know, no. There was a bit of Sheryl Crow, a bit of Alanis Morissette. No, 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 no less than two separate Alice DJ tracks got, got blasted out. Um, there was some Rihanna. I was absolutely loving it. Um, and and befitting a station that's living in the nineties, all their station idents are like bringing the classic hits from the nineties and the noughties. And if you don't like it, go get your own transmitter and do something about it. That's literally one of their their idents. <laughs> it's great, and it's all movie. And they they I feel like every new edgy station does this because I remember spin which is the popular young people's music here in ireland i remember when they first launched they were doing a similar thing but this station doesn't do news and they boast about not doing news like you're not going to learn anything it's just the hits that you remember from the 2000s and it's kind of like then they did they have a hilarious bit where they do news but from like they read the news from 1998 and just to make sure you didn't learn anything about 1998 it was all um the kids are play, playing Pokemon Red and Resident Evil Two. That's what they. That's what their new segment was. It wasn't like it wasn't like an update on Bosnia. <laughs> so, um, so I'm in a classic tune kind of mood this week. Um, it's pretty good. I mean, we the, we cannot fall for the song selection, even if it is a bit edgelord. <laughs> If I woke up in the morning and the radio was just reading out news from 1998 and playing, so I'd be like, oh, thank fuck. <laughs> woken up and it's 1998 again. Oh, yeah, I was going to ask, do they interrupt the music to announce the death of the Princess Diana? Yeah, I was going to say, they, they should do, like, completely earnest, like, because it was a bit of a, and the kids are playing Pokemon Red and Blue, but I want them to be, I want it to be deadly serious, and I want them to be, like... Boys and girls, don't get it. Don't get frightened. The Falklands have been invaded, which I think would be the wrong decade, but you know. Um, but you know, I want them to just completely start to do riffing about oh, what is this Tony Blair about? I mean, oh my god, oh new labor, what? Give me the old labor, that probably be too political. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of most of what I've been up to this week, gents. How has your week been? We've got some wrestling news we're going to jump into here fairly soon, but I want to do, I want to do the life cuff first because. I'll be honest. None of the none of the wrestling uh, news is uh, grabbing me by the throat and saying it has to lead off the show. So, so Tony, tell me about your week. Um, not not too much going on. Uh, Michelle and I went out yesterday into London because uh, Michelle had to do a little bit of shopping. So mm-hmm. we went into the city. Uh, ended up walking past the old Buckingham Palace. Um, oh, yeah. Very very busy. Lots of people there. Um, didn't see any Paddington bears, so obviously that trend has died out. Um, 
And then, yeah, we, went, we popped into Fortnum and Mason, which, if you don't know, is a very posh shop in London that sells very posh com- uh, confectionery. And, uh, oh, very nice. And jams and teas and coffees and things like that. It's, it was fucking packed with tourists. I don't know why we went in there, but it was nice. Uh, very nice stuff in there. So, yeah, so that was that was about it. Other than that, I want to give a big shout-out to uh, my gran. Um, she's currently laid up in hospital. Uh, unfortunately, oh, no. broke her hip. Oh, as tend as tends to happen when you get to eighty nine and you fall over once. Um, tell you what, boom, there goes the hip. It's well, she, oh. they're, they're very injury skin. prone. She said, "I'm going to take a bump off a ladder to the table now." My turn. <laughs> she came off the top of the shed, and I said, "No, grand, come on." She was like, "It's but it's the fucking pay per view pre show." <laughs> no, so she's been in there for a week. So she okay. has had an op. She had the replacement. They got the the steel hip. Um, the 24 pound steel hip has been in, in, implanted. So, all the Can best. 24 to her. pounds. Wow, that's a good deal of this economy, isn't it? Uh, so, all the best to her. Hopefully, she's out in a week or two and back on her feet. Big, big love to Tony Grant, obviously. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I've only got one left, so she needs to fucking watch it. Yeah. <laughs> what am I going to do at Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> Paul, yes. how's it been? Everything's still where it should be? I mean, yeah, let me just check. Yeah, mostly. I did go back to the gymnasium after oh, yeah. I, hurt, I hurt my ribs. How long ago was that? A month? Yeah. A month ago. Still feeling them a little bit. I went to do the old lean over, uh, pull up the, the heavy weight. And ooh, little reminder that the ribs are still mm. still not exactly not, not fully healed. So no, I was able to do a lot of stuff that didn't involve the ribs, uh, which is good. But some exercises, I guess, depending on the movements you do, the rib was still a little. Mm. But I did twenty minutes on the treadmill, which was nice. Ten minutes on the bike, and then by forty-five minutes, just weights and that. Uh, but no, otherwise, my life has been very boring this week. Lots of cleaning. You think I was the one who moved into a house? The amount of fucking cleaning I've been doing. Because <laughs> um, we have an ensuite in the room here. Show you a little door, that door there. Um, and uh, that when Natty was here, we just basically used that for storage. And so all her stuff was in there. And for I don't know, the last three years, it hasn't been used as an ensuite. It was our mini attic, I guess. So that's all cleared out now, obviously. But as you can imagine, three years of just grime and dust and stink and everything. So I spent. I, I went out to the shop and bought a load of cleaning supplies, proper sponges and Brillo pads and sprays and everything. I just spent the whole yesterday basically clearing it out completely. Cut off some of the old... Um, silicone that's gone a bit bad as well so we're gonna put more silicone on there stop it from leaking and that but otherwise yeah otherwise that's that's basically what i've been doing it's been driving and gym and cleaning and that's it and watching spooky movies and tv i was about to say who are you dwayne johnson just driving and gymming everywhere but he, <laughs> yeah. he doesn't clean he ain't cleaning anything there's yeah, no yeah. way he's fucking cleaning he, he's not fucking Apart driving from his big baldy head <laughs> <laughs> Shots fired. Shots Shino, Shino Bolo. Bolo Shino. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
I loved as well. This is this is me being incredibly cynical, but I love that video that went viral the other day where he was at the movie premiere or whatever, and he he met the photographer who had been so good to his family, and he's yeah. like he's like, oh, here's a chance for us to get a little uh, little photo up with the. So does anybody have the fucking uh, tequila that I sell? Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, here we're doing a little, little shot for the boys, and anyway, who are you? Who's not who the fuck you are? Get here, goodbye. And he's like, uh, Dwayne, I don't know if you remember, but I actually don't drink it. Yeah, drink the fucking drink it, drink it, drink it. <laughs> have, a, have a fucking energy, lower energy drink as well, yeah. <laughs> and I think this guy's about to say that the hierarchy of the DC universe is about to say, well, I'm actually just walking away. It is. It is changing. <laughs> say it. Say it into the camera. You love the energy drink as well. Yes, Zoa. No, it's great. I had an epiphany in the week as well that I don't think I'm going to continue with my watching every film The Rock has ever done. No. Uh, no. Shebang. I don't know that I can bring myself to watch that um, Superman dog film. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Black Adam, but yeah. But to be fair, I mean, I it's like you you've seen all the obscure and really dreadful ones. The thing is, now he's just going to be in very forgettable. Yeah, I've watched I watched them to a point. I don't need to watch them forever. You know, you are probably you are probably still still in the top. I would say you're still in the top one percentile of people in terms of following his film career specifically. Yeah, I mean, I don't I know that there's many people who've watched Lo- uh, Long Shot, um, You Again. Why did we get married too by Tyler Perry? Not the first one, the second one. No, yeah, um, yeah. You know, the the Venn diagram is going to be a very, very small crossover there. It is. It is weird because, like, it, like when you were doing that feature, I mean, we really, uh, you, you were doing films I had never heard of, let alone yeah. knew that he was in. And it's kind of like it is kind of amazing to look back and realize that it eventually it worked out and he became, I mean, just like wrestling, the biggest thing in his industry because there was yes. a period there where, first of all, he was not touching wrestling with a fucking barge pole, but while he while he was in that mode, he was also not doing super well in in Hollywood after his initial success. But yeah, um, yeah I, I I think the entire planet is no that no that's the opposite of what I want to say. I think a lot of people are are rooting for it to fail because it's just so obnoxious. But I'm now moderately confident that like black adam's gonna be like the biggest success of the year like well he want it, to the amount he's been pushing it. it the amount he's been pushing it but also adver- I've seen advertising everywhere yeah I, like, i've been watching taskmaster and every ad is black Adam. ads on on television on online bosses like this is getting the this is like this is getting the studio pushing a new like batman or spider-man movie treatment like mm-hmm. this they and i suppose it makes sense when you when you have the two popular concepts in film at the moment uh, the rock and a superhero thing you would presumably you they would have to hope it's going to get like it's going to clear a billion and be the biggest thing um i really would love it to fly. <laughs> well this is the thing the the, like- the 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 even the folks you know when when the, the movie premieres and you get um at uh john mcgurgle on twitter who's Hey, fa- hey, folks! Here's my YouTube channel. I love MCU and the he nerd gets crew, it, and he yeah. gets it. Nerd crew, they get invited to the premiere. Even those people are tweeting. Eh, it was uh, wasn't that good. It was okay. <laughs> so yeah. if those people aren't that into, I don't know how. You know the actual critical, normal critics, normal people who, yeah. don't, who don't describe everything as a roller coaster ride, rip roaring good time epic. <laughs> Um, you know, um, I mean, the trailers just look brutal. I mean, they just, it looks like it is like if it wasn't for the fact that it had, you know, decent production value and you know, it's real, like that could be any kind of hilarious YouTube satire of every superhero movie looks like this and they could play that trailer. Yeah. 
and um, like the the dialogue in the trailer alone is abysmal as well you know it's funny because su- superheroes don't kill people Ooh, i do that's the other thing as well it feels like so many it, like obviously because it's just generally very late to the trend but a lot of the tr- tropes in the trailer is like man we are past all this stuff but people will go see it you know um and i think i think it'll probably end up being a gigantic success yeah, not also, me but people I, I was about to say I will, but then I was like, I haven't, I've barely been to the cinema at all um, yeah. with all the chaos of the movie. And also there was, um, I'll, I'll save the reveal for, for movie guff later, but there was a film that's out this week that I didn't realize this until a, a friend of mine tweeted it. I didn't realize it launched on Peacock as well this week. And I was like, oh. okay, I was like, okay, great. So that means it's in yeah. 1080 online in perfect quality. And I, okay, great. Because yeah. I, I, I didn't want to spend money and the time and the effort and the energy and the socializing to go to the cinema um i think so, the previous one was on peacock as well yeah so but not but that was also one, like that was also that might be that was also deep in covid i think i kind of yes. i didn't re- i didn't realize companies were still doing that cinema and peacock stuff hbo max stuff as well anyway but um yeah i've barely been to the cinema it's just with the black adam thing it's funny because I, I talked a few weeks ago i watched that movie orphan which is like really weird but kind of like sort of charming in a really weird way horror movie with an absolutely batshit insane screenplay and i didn't realize until i looked on letterbox to review the film that that guy is directing a black adam yeah. and i'm like i guarantee you i will watch this film and it will not impress upon me in any way shape or form that he made it because that's no, just no. the way these films come out now you know uh, anyway, that's our impromptu rock segment. I don't have I don't have any other fucking life golf really. Just you know, more more, uh, you know, house stuff and that we were painting and all that. Uh, today, uh, Brona had a great idea. We did something I haven't done in years. We went to a carvery, uh, oh. which I haven't. I can't remember the last time I went to a carvery. It was I think it was definitely pre-pandemic. I went for like lunch once during work. Uh, we went to this was the busiest fucking. This is the most hectic unsettling anxiety inducing uh, uh setting i've been in in fucking ages we went to a, a carvery uh, uh kind of on the far reaches of town you're kind of basically on the cusp of just outside limerick at that stage and it's in the middle of a big um uh, housing estate and it's on I, I guess what the americans would call like a strip mall it's like a, it's like a, a strip where that the restaurant the carvery is is the centerpiece it's surrounded by like um a chemist a shop an off license a vet uh, and things like that. But it's obviously, it's like the housing estate's dedicated shopping area. And everything else was closed except for the restaurant. And we couldn't get a, a parking spot. And we're like, okay, everyone's going to this fucking carvery. And it it, it, it was our fault because we went at like 2, 2 p.m. on a Sunday to a carvery. Um, and we went in and, oh, man, the absolute chaos. It was like, it was like, at its, it's like Uncle Mo's family feedback at its most manic. There, there were, I'd never been there before. It's a very well-regarded place in Limerick, super well-reviewed. Everyone likes it, which, again, my genius self going there at 2 o'clock on a Sunday for a roast. <laughs> I, I, we didn't plan it out. We also went to Aldi to do the shop beforehand. Aldi on a Sunday at 12 o'clock. I barely got out of my life. Um, that was mental. I've never, I've never seen a shop so mental as that. But anyway. We went into the, the the carvery and it's like they have a one way system. The queue was nearly at the door. There were kids running around. The servers or the hostess hostesses or whatever you want to call the people who basically greet you and say, "Yeah, we're going to find you a table." Two things. They were keeping remarkably cool despite the fact that this was unbelievably chaotic. And um, they're yeah, um, okay. So here's your table, and we'll come and wipe it down in a minute. They didn't. 
um uh but but what you need to do is okay uh, is is just so there's the queue for the carvery um but one of you needs to be sitting at the table at all times and i was like what because someone will fucking steal it and she didn't she didn't say that but the implication was like if, you, if the two of you get up this table will probably be given away so that was Jesus. great so halfway through the queue, when I queued and Brona texted me her order, and I wasn't feeling great about that because, like, oh, I'm going to have to carry these back down, these two gigantic plates. It was very stressful. It was extremely stressful. And then it, we must have been, like, the last people to get in because people were getting people were getting turned away. And here's a great thing that I love that just makes you feel good about society. This actually happened to us while we were queuing, and we saw it multiple times when we were sitting down. You walk in the front door, and there's a big fucking sign. One of, it's basically, please wait to be seated, but in their whatever way they phrase it. Uh, one of our hosts will grab you shortly and, and help mm, sort you out. Mm. So people are coming in, you know, mams, dads, and kids, or a couple on their own, or one guy on their own. Various people coming in. They're stopping at the side, and the lady's going, okay, yeah, okay, one, yeah, okay, I have a spot for you over here. Oh, we don't have a four. If you want to wait for 10 minutes, I'll look around. I'll clear some people off. And so there's people stopping at the side, and then there's other people coming in behind them who I can't, it, the, the, the entrance is so small, I can't give them the benefit of the doubt that, that they didn't see the sign. There was people coming in and just, just walking in and just trying to grab a table. And I'm like, you, there's no way you don't see the sign, brother. And there's no way you don't see the hosts talking to people at the door saying, yes, I'll see what I can get you in the next few minutes. There's no, and they're having to physically like run after them and grab, tap them on the shoulders in the shoulders in the most non, please don't sue me way possible. And be like, oh, oh yeah, sorry, it's just back here. Just back here, the waiting area, you missed. Wink, wink. Do you know? So all that said, all that said, it was fucking delicious, right? It was absolutely excellent. It was worth the anxiety. It was worth It was worth the little girl going, Unky Mo, my smoothie is too cold. And the, and the vein popping on the host's head. Uh, fucking hell, it was great. Great carvery. Brona said she'd never seen chips at a carvery before. I'm like, you're joking. That's carvery chips and gravy. Oh. I'll say I've never seen chips at a carvery before. Um, it's rare, but I do love it. I, and they weren't they weren't especially great, but it's it's just putting it's putting a Sunday roasts gravy on chip. Mwah, mwah. Um, so yeah, I got I got beef, bro, and I got uh, uh, turkey and ham. She got all the fixings. I got I got seventeen different types of spud. I got roast. I got mash. I got chip. I got gravy. Oh, it was delicious. There's just something about that gravy. It was just really hitting and then the great thing is you, you pay you, you're handed your plate and you pay so the second we were finished eating we could just run out the door and just not have to think about this chaotic experience so despite the stress and anxiety it was the best dang roast i've had in in years um we still haven't actually cooked a roast in this house because effort isn't it effort can't be asked who you know just go to a carvery and, and get anxiety for 20 minutes and have it handed up to you um but yeah, that's about it. Very quiet week uh, on my end here. Was back streaming, obviously, which was a lot of fun. Great success, as my friend Borat would say. Um, <laughs> uh, but before we jump into our various other features and, and chit-chat about movies and telly and all that other stuff that you love about the show, uh, let's talk a little about the wrestling news this week. I'm going to go out in a limb, boys, and I'm going to assume you did not watch Extreme Rules. Uh, no, we talked. We talked about watching just the very end bit last week. That was oh wait, did we already talk about Bray Wyatt yeah. last week? Yeah, oh my god, I'm com- I'm completely out of it because I put in the news rundown here that the Fiend is back. But I guess I guess we'll talk here about about like he's not the Fiend. Actually. Yeah, we just saw him come out through the spooky forbidden door, um, gym door. Perhaps ah was yes, that, was that Jim door finally making it to the big time? A great a great callback. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that was what we saw. I didn't. I don't know what happened on on TV. 
Oh, I, I, I saw a, a truncated version of the TV segment. I saw that we'll talk about because we're not going to talk about SmackDown in depth, obviously. But I, well, I, I want to talk about it. So but he, he he came out at, at at Extreme Rules, and the thing was like he had all his little characters in the crowd, like the pig and the fucking the, the, the pelican of lore and whatever the fuck yeah, that yeah. bird thing is, you know. Yeah, yeah. But one of the characters was the fiend in a way that kind of implied like, okay, that's that's a thing that I used to do. Was the implication by the mm. by the interest? So then. And he had a new mask on when he showed up at Extreme Rules. So we'll talk about the TV segment here. The TV segment was really weird, okay? Because he came out and he has, I would have to say, a Roman Reigns tier entrance where it has like fucking four stages, a light show, a song with a preamble, an intro, and a, a, a fucking bridge before the first proper note kicks in. The most kind of modern WWE this this one's important, so we're giving him a proper real entrance, like super fucking elaborate. And he has this new song, and he comes out in 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 with the with the the lantern still, and he does his Bray Wyatt entrance, um, spooky. And then he gets in the ring, and he's basically doing a promo as Wyndham, quote unquote, Paul Levesque and Phil Brooks. That that moment, you know, oh. he's he's basically coming out in like a black shirt. And like I think he's wearing jeans or something in his hair. Like he just no, he just looked normal. He looked like as normal as Bray Wyatt can look, just a guy. And he cut he cuts this promo about how, oh, you know, I thought I had everything and then I lost it. And and you guys brought me back and you kept you told me that I got you through stuff and it meant a lot. And he's like, he's just talking like a, like it was good. I, I you know, I'm not but it was really fucking weird. It was like he just came out. I guess it was weird because it wasn't weird, is my is my mm. my point here. Subverted expectations. And and the other thing about it was, uh, it felt real, and it also didn't feel real in the sense that, like, I felt like he was his material was from his heart, but he was still doing a kind of it, Bray Wyatt. I'm a theater performative, yeah. performance. The comparison I made on Twitter was it was like Bo Burnham's Inside, in that like I don't doubt that Bo Burnham was like a bit depressed when he made that. But I couldn't shake this feeling while I was watching it that he was he was doing a little dance to convey his mental health. And I was, do you know what I mean? It was just kind of like, it wasn't that it was bad. It was that I feel really weird about you, like, being honest, but also so obviously doing a performance. It was very odd, but I, I didn't think it was that bad. And then, <laughs> and then they played a video uh, on the screen where a new character, which is quite obviously him in a new mask that looks like an Easter Island head, um... I can't remember what it said. <laughs> it said some Bray Wyatt shit at him, and then it 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 went all staticky and went. And so I think, even though this week the the gist was, oh, oh it's me, I'm Wyndham, I'm back. I think we're getting another kind of I'm having an internal a split conflict with yeah, a with a monster oh. guy. Yeah, I mean, and the funny thing is, is like when he came out and he was being normal man. I was like, okay, well, this is interesting. It's like, what? I don't think he's going to be normal man forever, but what? what's the twist going to be here? But when you do another thing where it's like, oh, I've got this split personality monster inside, it's like, that's the, more or less the fiends. Like, that's more or less. Mm. This seemed less cartoony. Because remember when he was the fiend, he was doing the children's TV presenter yeah, thing. Yeah, the, the point was both sides were wacky. We're wacky, yeah. This one, it's like, okay, so Bray is like normal now, and he's just like normal, sincere man, and he has the spooky monster character, but it's like, okay, but it's the same, but it's the same thing. You're still doing the fucking, how many spirits have possessed this fucking guy? Get the man a crucifix or something. The guy needs to stop hanging out at graveyards at night. He keeps getting possessed. Um, so yeah, I mean, I watched it because I was curious. Um, uh, but. And you know, I I enjoyed for the most part the initial promo, but if it's going to be another one of these things where where 
keep where they pretend it's a different person when the mask is on and shit like that. I'm like, okay. Well, it's um, funny because he came out to pay for you with the mask and then took it off to reveal it was. And then took it off, yeah. So which is yeah, which is weird because then it was kind of they played it very straight on the television show where they it's like, oh, who's this? It's like, but you know who it is. It was him backstage <laughs> on his phone. Oh, no. I mean, to give them better further that, I thought it was an interesting way to do it. Um, especially with the fiend being so fucking impervious, as we recall. Um, nice to take the RuPaul drag race teaching of, you know, vulnerability is what makes it easier to connect with an audience. And certainly the fiend was not a relatable character no. at all. So I think this is maybe a better direction to take take that in, S- especially if the idea is for him to be a babyface, which who knows? I, it was obviously maybe a very babyface promo here. Maybe it's the friend. The friend. <laughs> the friend. <laughs> and the guy in a mask who's really nice. Yeah. It'll be really funny is if they I, – I bet Bray would love to like work a match where yeah. it's – where everyone's like, oh, it's Bray up on the video screen, and then they book a match, and everyone's like, oh, what's going to happen? And then they he, they do the match, right? And he wrestles, uh, I think Uncle Howdy is the new character's name. Uh, uh, or there was a, a leak that that's what the character was going to be called. They didn't say it on TV. Right. Well, I mean, and, that's, and, a, that's an Exorcist reference. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Well, you just watched The Exorcist, so spoilers. Or, or no, is it Exorcist? Sorry. Uncle Howdy. Yeah, yeah it's The ex- Exorcist. Yeah. Okay. But, but I think, right, what they're going to do is... Bray will come out at the pay-per-view or whatever. And everyone's like, this is silly. What's he going to do? And then someone is going to come out. A new person, right? Under a mask, right? A person kind of shaped like Bray, but not quite him. Mm-hmm. And they'll have a match, right? They'll have a fucking bit hit each other with shit or whatever. And then they'll go backstage where they can do their editing magic. And Bray will beat the shit out of the guy. Trap him under something like halftime heat. And then go up to him and pull the mask off. And through the ma- editing magic, it will be Bray under the mask as well. Mm. And and that's this is my prediction. See, see now I, if he's if he's as all in on this stuff as he was with the fiend, that's what see that's what he would have done in 2020. Do you know what I mean? When they did the Firefly Funhouse and all that other complete just reality out the window bullshit. Maybe maybe they're not going to go in that direction. But that's my prediction. They're going to have a match at some stage where it is him versus this other person, and then he pulls the mask off, and it's him, and and he's shocked, and it's and he's like, oh, I'm doing wrestling Twin Peaks. I think he's going to do a talent scout gimmick and he'll just be on the stage with his mask watching nxt level up <laughs> and uh they, they'll eventually get one of the one of those wrestlers whose names you know it'll be it'll be cole simmons um will be the very white's little not not the friend but his little underling <laughs> and they'll they'll call him the find <laughs> oh god, I was wondering. Oh, terrible. Oh, this, this is terrible. all giving me an idea for a reality show called The Masked Wrestler. Where you have <laughs> ten, 10 wrestlers come out each week and wrestle, and then a, a panel has to guess who the wrestler is under the mask. Yeah, Who's it, behind them, the wrestling mask? It's the fourth it's, most popular pussycat doll goes. Is it Jimmy Hart? He's slapping the thigh, so I'm wondering, is it Johnny Gargano? <laughs> Could be a clue. I, I, I haven't watched it, but can I can I just shock you? There is a masked wrestler show. Um, Wait. Uh, internet wrestling television, the streaming service, which I have had that's, on and off. and it's That's not it's, a real thing, Barry. No, no, it is. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. 
Uh, now I don't know if they, I don't know if they do the exact format of the singer show or that you're describing there, but yeah, where, where they they, they happen to be excited about that it's possibly um, the Rock and it's it's <laughs> some, someone off of Love Island, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or like you know uh, fucking uh, Boris Johnson or no, who was it that was on there a couple of years ago? Sean, what? No, it was the fucking the Trump press guy, press release guy. Anyway, whatever, who cares? But yeah, no, I I I never watched it, but there was a thing called The Masked Wrestler that was broadly that concept on okay. IWTV. Okay, yeah, I'm saying it is. It is Sorry, Joe, you've been beaten. But it's not, I don't think it's, right. I don't think it's, I don't think it's the same. Oh, is it literally that? Okay. Yeah. They wrestle and then a cast of judges speculate on the identity of the wrestler. Yeah. And they go, is it Rey Mysterio? And it's, uh, it's <laughs> bumf- bumf- Bumfuck is Jimmy it, or someone, yeah. Is it Hulk Hogan? No, it's <laughs> War Horse. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> and do you know the way do you know the way on the, the, the masked singer or the masked dancer they leave clues about who they are yeah. and they're like oh I see there's a newspaper that must mean they're a journalist or the rest there would be oh right, my god <laughs> I've, been, I've, I've said I feel like a pig brother <laughs> who could that be <laughs> uh, uh, they're, they're I, a I, bit I, of a diddler that doesn't really narrow it down um, okay I'll leave this little bit of a hint uh, the hierarchy of the DC universe is about to change <laughs> Uh, That's right, it's me, one of the many jokers on the indies. (laughs) (laughs) Triple A Batman. (laughs) I remember, I remember this is nothing to do with anything. I remember I was... uh, uh, when I was getting my getting my start in 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 writing, and I was I, one of the first wrestling shows I reviewed. Not one of the first, but one of the first of a, a regular gig I got reviewing on a weekly basis was a, a promotion. Um, it was like Johnny Gargano's old stomping ground, but it had like nothing else notable. And there was a guy there whose gimmick was basically that he loved Batman. <laughs> And like not, it was completely unironic. It was completely deadpan serious. And he had he had like a Batman tattoo, and he wore a Batman shirt. And like he, I remember he one of the, like he did this promo where he just talked about how much he, he he related to Batman. I was like, is there like a joke coming or something? He's like, no, he just he, that was it. He just liked Batman, and 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 yeah. So that guy, I don't know if he ever made it to the mass singer, singer but no. um, anyway, that's that's Bray Wyatt being back, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> We will uh, we'll keep an eye and I will eye on that. I mean, people people seem legitimately. We talked about this last week. Look, people yeah, seem excited. Yeah, fair play, whatever you know. Um, we'll 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 keep an eye on it. Um, uh, elsewhere in uh, world wrestling entertainment, something that people have not been very excited about. No, uh, we had the return of the perennial bag getters, Luca Gallows and Carl Anderson showed up on Raw. Yeah. To uh, reform the OC, hence their podcast disappearing, as I said last week. Yes, yeah. So you were you were on the money. Um, yeah. They are back. I never liked the OC name. I also just never like. It was just one of those things where it was yeah. just kind of like it was just. It, it's just not the same. It's just because at the end of the day, and this isn't even Vince booking stuff. It's just all aesthetic. It's just. It's mm. just you're just AJ's buddies. Like I don't. I mean, fair enough. Neither none of us here are the biggest fucking uh, you know Bullet Club fucking New Japan historians on this podcast, but I get nothing out of that that trio. Even if they wanted to come back and just have Gallows and Anderson just be a heel tag team in like yeah. the mid card, I get nothing out of the AJ Styles. Uh, trio. No, I mean the history it's, is Balor and those two. Yeah, and spe- more even more specifically, Balor and and Anderson mm-hmm. and like Matt Bloom. Yeah, even more so than Gallows. 
like Styles was only in New Japan for was it two years? Yeah. years? yeah, yeah. So I don't know, but yeah, yeah. The OC is a is a TV series that was on MTV that starred a lot of beautiful twenty somethings, uh, not a group of bearded men, forty year olds. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> at least. Uh, so yeah, uh, we're both all in our forties. Never open weight champion Carl uh, Anderson. Yes, he Monday didn't bring the belt out with him. Uh, he did not, interestingly enough. Funny that, isn't it? Because uh, it's funny, because yeah. there's two reactions to this. There's people going, oh my God, how outrageous. And then there's people fucking going, oh, they must be working together. Yeah, they're working together. You got it. That's why he didn't bring his belt out. That he's definitely, like, it's definitely, like, either just they are the ultimate. I mean, look, they, everyone knows they're the ultimate workers. So either they're just, like, they didn't they either i but no not they must it must be the case they didn't have a contract so they just showed up on mm. raw and anderson's going back he does have a match i think next week for the belt so obviously he will lose it um but yeah i do not think the forbidden door has swung that way um no. uh, at this time um but well, at least this means they won't be on AEW again yes well that's it yeah yeah they have him for two years but... it's funny you know the all the you know just like like demented brain Twitter discourse about kind of like, oh, you would have loved the Good Brothers being back in AW. like, I guarantee you I wouldn't because nobody liked it when they were there the previous time. It was shite. It was like, it was like the thing everyone kept pointing out about the Impact deal. is like, all that's yeah. happened is we have to sit through a bunch of Good Brother matches, you know, in still in empty arena Jacksonville <laughs> as well. Oh my God, that was terrible. I was so bored by them two weeks ago. I didn't even go to night two of fucking Royal Quest. <laughs> Want them back on AEW, please. Literally in your front garden. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so there they are. They're back. Uh, it would be really funny if Carl Anderson didn't lose that match. I mean, that would be really funny, but uh, I, I don't think that's on the cards. It'd be like a much shitter version of the Summer of Punk. Yeah. <laughs> the never open weight title. <laughs> never open the door to AEW again please yeah oh my goodness anyway that's the news for the week we'll talk more about wrestling shortly uh before that though we do have a quiz that's right quiz week here it's you know we're 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 on the 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 eve or the cusp of uh the launch of uh black adam as we mentioned earlier in the show so i mean paul thought it would be fitting to just pay tribute to the man himself with the return, the glorious, not at all anticipated return of Dwayne Johnson Boosters. Yeah, just like his film's about to bust the box office. <laughs> um, and I'm anticipating that these clues are going to be of similar high quality to uh, okay. his film that comes out. So there are five. So it's not a three each. It's just a shout it out if you know it and you get okay. a point. Uh, I think it's a little bit easy mode. I like I, I try to make them first of all short, so the clue isn't three minutes of me rambling. But also, there's there's not so much so, so much um, hurdles to get through to make it sound like the wrestler's name. Okay. Okay. So we go for the first one, right? Uh, easiest one. Uh, the clue is where Father Malloy keeps his hamster. Where Father Malloy keeps his hamster. If you want, if you, if you're stumped, I'll give the initials. Yeah, I don't know what Father Malloy is a reference to, so I'm afraid I'll have to ask. Any father, Father uh, Johnson, Father. Oh, okay. Father, I just picked a, you know, a nice Irishy name. Oh, Father Malloy. Priest. 
It's not Damien Priest. Where he keeps his hamster. Where might Father Malloy keep his hamster in? <laughs> Christian Cage. Yes. Christian Cage is correct. Oh, well done, Joe. God. What? I was thinking Brian Cage, and then I was like, no, how would that work? That's no, Christian, Christian Cage. Why a hamster? Keep it in a cage. <laughs> Like so any other animal would work. Like, like, oh god! <laughs> in, a, in a Christian, it, do, it does work. It I was trying to think. I was also trying to think of Father Malloy. Is he was that Father Ted or is that a is that a fucking? No, I joke. Fa- that should be Father Crilly. I was like, is that is that the fucking uh, Mark Wahlberg movie from a few months ago? No, 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 no. Okay, number two, a bit of an accent one here. So get ready oh, for this. No. Right? Hey, Hootsman. It's the bit of me who's next to the front door. What's the answer? Hootsman. So, you know what country that is. That says Hootsman, Akai the New. It's the bit of me who's next to the front door. What's that? What's, what do you call that bit of your house? On, on the inside of the house, where your front door might be located. What's, what's that called? And what's this What's this funny accent all about? They say, Hootsman, and that, oh, the Loch Ness is over here. Loch Ness door. <laughs> Just say, never mind. That's not... Do you want the initials? Yeah. yeah. The initials are SH. <laughs> oh, Scott Hall. Scott Hall. Very good, Joe. Barry is looking to the sky and <laughs> next to the door. What next, the next, next to the front door. That's right. That's that's barely the English language you're using there. <laughs> okay. Next. Um, oh yeah. Oh, just come into uh, step into the hallway. Where is it? Oh, it's uh, next to the door. Is where the hall is. <laughs> Uh, on the inside, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I know. It's, yeah, no, I am always making that mistake as well. Yeah, no, come yeah. Yeah. Well, if it was on the outside, it would be Scott Garden. And well, that's what I, think. I was like, is it the post box? Is it the window? Is it the. Vo- oh, anyway, come on. <laughs> post box Malone. Um, <laughs> that, that'd be good. Write that down for when we're doing Dwayne Johnson music busters. Yeah. Um, okay, next one. Uh, the Jamaican fella. Right? Oh, knows that his monkey friend is not far away. The Jamaican fella knows his monkey friend is not far away. Aja Kong? It's not Aja Kong. Awesome Kong. Neither is it Awesome Kong. <laughs> I... <laughs> I mean, I didn't even have a guess for the accent or anything like that. I yeah. was just kind of like, this just, uh, just yeah. monkey Kong. I assume yeah. with monkey, he's getting at Kong, you know. Uh-huh. Okay. The initials? Yeah. GM. The Jamaican fella knows his monkey friend is not far away. He, he, he's not going to take ages to get here. He'll be here shortly. This is this is an older name, so think back. This is uh, Gorilla Monsoon. Gorilla Monsoon. <laughs> oh, that's actually not bad. Gorilla Monsoon. Gorilla Monsoon. the Jamaican Jamaican. Soon. Film. And he's here soon. Yeah. Like, All right. That one, like that one's wow. not terrible, but I'm Uh-oh. still okay. Well, here's 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 uh, the fourth one. So we saw recently 
the uh, the debut of the the Super Mario Bros movie trailer. Right? Is this Sorry. part of it? This is the clue. Starring Chris Pratt. Uh, we, we discussed that on the podcast last week. Now, if you were to take Mario from that trailer and just throw him the fuck out of here, what are you doing? What's that? Throw Mario out of here. That's the clue. Um, CP. CP. Throw Mario. Chuck Palumbo. Correct. How the fuck does that work? Don't tell me it's Chuck Plummer. Don't tell me that's not that's not. Hey, it's Chuck Plummer over here. First of all, you didn't do an accent. You didn't do an accent at the start. Don't need to. (laughs) Oh, so oh oh, that famous word, Palumbo. To to quote Chris Pratt, "Don't need to do an accent." (laughs) Close enough. Close enough. Okay, and best for last, right? Oh yeah. So. The Ninja Turtles are teenagers, as we know, right? Yeah. And so are, you know, hormones and that going through them. So they're very mm. fucking horny all the time. Mm, mm, mm. And they were bothering April for a sexy what? reveal. What's that about? What? Yeah. They want Titus a- O'Neil? Correct, Joe. Titus O'Neil. Brutal. Absolutely brutal. Absolutely brutal. These are worse than usual. Yeah, you said no, because you you said these were actually better than like they were before or easier to get. Yeah. I mean, you got got all five. I mean, Joe, I I beat me too. I probably would have gotten Titus O'Neil, but it's still. Also, so what? The, the, the Ninja Turtles wanted to see a bit of boob. And so, uh, again, barely grasping the English language, they go, uh, titus. Titus. The verb to tit someone. To tit someone. <laughs> well, they're turtles. They're, they're not native English speakers. No, they could speak perfect English in mm. the film. All right, we have multiple films and cartoons. I don't know, I don't know if those Fair are canonical, though. Yes, they are. Oh, as opposed to them being <laughs> gropey, weird, fucking animal freaks who go, tit us. <laughs> Barry, don't tell me you've never asked a girl to tit you once in a while. We oh, all have. Jerry me. Okay, that's that's why it's been six or seven months since we've done that feature. <laughs> they were good. Go- Gorilla um, Mon soon was okay. Yeah, uh, Scott Hall works. Scott Hall was dreadful. Scott Hall was absolutely well, well, fucking dreadful. Well, well, dreadful. Christian Near Cage. Near the door. Christ, Christian Cage, I, on hindsight, I go, yeah, I guess I probably should have yeah, gotten yeah. it. Chuck, Chuck Plummer. Yeah. Chuck Pal- no, Chuck Palumbo is... That is... Uh, <laughs> I, I, you know what would have been better? You know what would have been better? It would have been if you'd said um, throwing the detective in a Mac. That would have been closer to what you were saying. Okay, I'll, I'll, I might edit myself saying that. Yeah, it, it, go back and edit it so it says, uh, one more thing, my, my wife loves you, but hey, you seem to be throwing me there. I don't know what's really up with that, but it's funny that you would do that. If you'd go back and do that. I Honestly, I looked at Palumbo and looked at the word plumber and said, uh, that And you said, fuck it, is what you did. You said, okay, well. And, and, if it was plumber bow, like, I don't know. Mario was wearing a little ribbon on his head or something. Yeah. Plumber bow. Chuck yeah, plumber bow. Here's, why, why didn't you say um, uh, Mario, he 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 needs to, to um, complete this archery course to get a star, but nah, he doesn't have the necessary nah, equipment. Like what, what should you do? It. What should you do? Chuck plumber bow. Chuck plumber bow. No, that no, 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 no. All that bad. works. Bad. Yeah. Yeah, oh, I nailed it there. I've improved. I've given you no, two better alternatives no, on the Mario no, one. No, it's Chuck P- 
Palumber. That's the answer. <laughs> Palumber is also not the word. Oh, anyway. Yeah, but come on. Palumber is enough. Close enough. <laughs> oh, it's close enough. Let's talk about the wrestling TV this week before we waste another. Oh, I never watched Rampage. I've just realized now. I didn't watch Rampage this week. It never crossed Rampage. my mind. Right, well, until listen, it's now. Ra- it's Rampage, so that's that's the lot in life that it has. But actually, it was all right. It was, it was good. good. It's it, probably it was the best good. one in a while. Probably. Best one in a while. Felt energetic. The Canadian crowd, which obviously were great on Dynamite, they were really good again on Rampage. Elevated everything. It was a, it was a bunch of fine matches. You know, it was nothing nothing to write home about. Good atmosphere, though, and, like, even though the matches were not special, they booked Moxley and they booked FTR, so it was, like, you know, bit of heat. Bit of some, some fucking stars on the show, you know? Mm. Um, and even though, like, Nyla versus Alan Jay was, like, you know, a heel versus heel, weird match with no heat, they did a cool angle with Jade afterwards. Everyone was like, oh, my God, it's Jade. She's beating up security guards like she was Steve Austin in 1998, and everyone went crazy for it, so it was all right. It was all right. Okay. Um, I suppose we we won't we will kind of just go on to dynamite because I don't I don't think there's too much uh, um, to chat about on on uh, rampage. Well, well, you also forgot the arrival of uh, Mr. Dalton Castle. Oh so, yes, I did. so incredibly over with the Canadian yes. crowd. I couldn't believe it, and he was great. He was fantastic. He did a good he job. Is. He was good. You have to give him his, give the devil his due. Uh, so they they're doing. I think is it dynamite? They're doing Jericho versus him. Yeah, on Dynamite, Jericho Dalton Castle for the Ring of Honor Championship. That'll be a lot of fun. And that's just another absolutely bizarre match to think about a couple of years ago. But there you have it. Uh, yeah, that'll be fun. That'll be fun. Um, and yeah, we had the return match of Sean Spears. He won. Yeah, he, he did an off-air promo, which they then put on the internet, which is quite nice. He's talking about some trials and tribulations he's had the last few months. It was good. It was good. And it was it was, you know... Uh, it felt it felt like it, they timed everything very well, and now I, I was kind of wondering why he was back as a babyface, but they seemed to 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 time everything really well. Like especially coming back in Canada as well, like you know. But anyway, uh, what about Dynamite? Let's chat about Dynamite, the show where Sean Spears returned. In fact, <laughs> oh, yes. I thought Dynamite was good. Um, yeah, I like. Oh, um, sorry. Yes, well, I was going to say I like that it started with Jack Perry. Uh, who still dresses like he's a little boy from the jungle, though? Well, they got a uh, transition, like they got transition. But I think you can you can make the jungle patterns in the jungle. It's like when Rocky Maivia became the Rock. It wasn't like overnight. No, just... but you you can you can make you can still retain those, but make them a little bit more subtle, um, more sexy. But, yeah, more so, yeah. You know, <laughs> Titus Perry. Um, <laughs> oh god. <laughs> But he, like he still has like the leather gauntlets and the, you know, the tassels and stuff. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I think you can dial that back a little bit. Um, I was wondering that on that exact same train of thought when I was watching his interviews, like I wonder will they ever get rid of the song? I probably heard him a lot to lose the song, but it's also I, I would not keep the like song. a main eventer song, is it though? No, but easy baby steps, you know. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, th- I thought the match was was pretty good. Interesting that Luchasaurus got the uh, win. Uh, I, I don't know what this should be done with this. I don't think we need to see on. any more of this. Yeah, 
Just just having beat Luchasaurus in a couple of weeks in like a cage match or something with Christian. Yeah. That's probably where they're going with it, but yeah. hopefully. Because I think he should move on to a proper feud with someone else and just yeah. have great matches. I mean, I don't know what... Luchasaurus has a bit of the uh, Ortiz about him, which is that I don't know what you'd do with him on his own. Yeah. Well, uh, I feel like he's probably set up for a while as, even after he loses, he's probably set up for a while as Christian's guy. But that was the, the thing that's just throwing this feud off is that Christian can't wrestle for another six months. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So I think that's part of why Luchasaurus won and they're probably going to do another match is they're like stretching and stretching. It's like, you know, you're not going to be able to stretch until Christian comes back. You know that, right? Like yeah. you're going to have to stop doing this feud at some point. Mm. Oh, we, f- we forgot b- before the match, the debut of uh, Renee. Yes. Yes. Renee. Um, Renee. Uh, I hope they didn't get rid of the, the other one. I can't remember her name. She's Lexi. Like, the Lexi. Lexi Nair. She was I, I like think she was Lexi. very good. Yeah. Quite different as well in, in terms of she's not an ex WWE person. Mm. No, but Renee just exudes like charisma and confidence. She was very good. She was very, very good. She was and yeah, straight away she was good on this on this show on Rampage. Like she just like mm. like that. She just fit in. I mean, they still they still had Marvez backstage in one segment. So if they're keeping him, they better be keeping Lexi Nair. Do you know what I mean? Uh, Let's just emote Marvez to yeah, look after the bee in the jar. Merch. <laughs> bee in the jar, yeah. Why don't they why don't they make him a designated like fight breaker upper or something? That seems to be a job that's not not being taken very seriously. Get him on there. Um, Just have him guarding Sammy Guevara at all times. <laughs> but why? <laughs> oh, no wonder, to- no, no wonder Tony made me head Sammy guy. <laughs> oh, dear. It's just fucking Marvez, Kip Sabian, and fucking, uh, I don't know, Dr. Luther. <laughs> but anyway yeah renee is renee is great great get very uh, and again another very smart kind of like hey we're in canada let's let's do this um uh, thing which is which was nice um also weird brona asked me when we were watching this because did they just do that because they're in canada i was like no they put out a graphic saying she signed and she's like oh okay interesting and then like two segments later Stu grayson showed up and i went i think that's just because they're in canada to be honest because he just had a fairly public leaving where he I like well he didn't he didn't get enough money I'm very sure was the stunt it was sorry was I don't think he's mm. I don't think he's back back they haven't said he's back I think that was literally just because he was because they were there um, yeah which yeah um, yeah so that's Rennie what else happened Billy Gunn Swerve Strickland that was pretty good pretty good yeah Billy pretty Gunn that just looks the same he hasn't aged in twenty years I know we say it a lot but it's it's amazing. Yeah. yeah, he he went for the one and only as well, which got me. <laughs> That's his finisher from his ill-fated 2000 Intercontinental Title run. Um, for some reason, I still have like that segment burned in my brain because it was from around the time I started watching, where Stevie Richards came out and said, "You're not. We're we're taking because he was right to censor them. He's like, we're taking mm-hmm. away your theme song." And I think I think in that same segment, like. I think if I recall, I think Stevie gave him the name, the one. He's like, until further notice, you can use this name because we're taking away Mr. Ass or whatever. It was so weird. And then he kept it for like a couple of months and he just was a jabron. But yeah. yeah, and then he got in the Billy and Chuck team. Ah, yes. No need to censor that one. Um, yeah. Um. So yeah, so we had 
Swerve and Billy, and Swerve got the win, and then they they're doing the little um, Mark Sterling owns the scissor me, yes phrase, <laughs> which is fine, I think, for a little thing where presumably there'll be a match where it's at stake and you claim the winner. Um, I don't I don't mind that that you have the heels prevent the thing that the crowd want the most, which is they do the they do the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's okay. I wouldn't drag it out too long. But um, reminiscent of when they had rival DX factions. Yes. Oh yeah. 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 Road Ro- Dog and X Pac against China and Billy Gunn. Yeah. Yeah. Probably Billy Gunn's just remembered all these old <laughs> <laughs> from twenty years yeah. ago. <laughs> well, it's like you know. So twenty years we used to do like body gestures that have double meanings. Oh yeah. Okay, oh go on. Go on. Go on. I was obsessed with my ass. Oh. <laughs> and he he did do the old. Uh, well, am I going to get my arse out on this? Oh yeah, yeah. I kept police doing this. He did his he did his no mercy taunt, you know. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be careful that his depends, don't you? Um, what else did we have? Oh, we we had a Wardlow and Joe against the factory. I wonder who's going to fucking win that one. And this is where there was like three interferences separately, and then Sean Spears returned doing his um his 10 gimmick, which never was over in any company. Uh, no, from, that's from, bullshit. What from from one month in NXT and then it no, quickly died. This, died is, this, is, this is very high. This is rewriting history here. This, this is it. This is true. It's good. People were still doing the 10 thing at him when he was a heel in AEW. No. No, ironic. You food. I'm not you a food. He came out with his food. giant collar. Like a spaceman, dude. Arms all over. Oh my god! No, so fucking no, embarrassing. No, no, listen, embarrassing listen, listen. Spears. I, I, I didn't understand why he went back to doing that tense up. I also didn't like that he sacrificed his great theme for like a TNA style fake version of his NXT song. I really didn't like that. But you are you are cutting yourself, sir, if you're saying that that was not over for a period in NXT. Not really cutting. Not cutting really cutting yourself, sir. Yes, no. sir. Cutting yourself. Sean Spears, you were over. I promise you. No, Sean Spears, you weren't. The 10 thing was over. Oh, don't do the Sean Spears himself was was over. Oh, it was the chat, not him. Yeah, Yeah, if Bob Dallas was doing it, they would have loved it for a month. (laughs) What year is it? Let's talk about another segment. Yeah, Sean Spears still sucks. Don't worry about it. No! Oh my god. Why do people hate Sean Spears? I like Sean Spears. sucks. No. No. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. Imagine Rampage which you didn't watch so you wouldn't know. I didn't. I I can't comment on Rampage. That's right. He was great. He did did a 450. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, What was actually good was this (laughs) um, Moxley Page segment. Oh yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. Yeah. Hangman Page reminding us why he was so good last year. Yes. Let's hope for that he He's can back. hold on to it. Um, yeah, I think we didn't see enough of this while he was the champ. Mm. Uh, they didn't give him enough to chew on. He didn't have any stories already. Exactly. I mean, I mean, this is kind of a story made from nothing, really. Mm. Um, but I like I like what they've done with it these last two weeks with, with the, what Moxie said to him last week and then his kind of comeback this week. Uh, it was good. It was good, and again, they they kind of undercut it, which is which was unfortunate by showing MJF doing goofy faces in the background. Yeah, which can we just stop with? MJF has the chip because then when he uses it, it's not a surprise. It's like the WWE thing where they can't help themselves, where somebody wins the briefcase and they tease it like ten times. Mm. It's like don't tease it. 
just have it be a surprise when he finally uses it. In fact, what you should want is that we almost forget that forget he has it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's that was annoying. But the the segment was uh very, very good. Um yeah, and I'm very interested now in uh in Tuesday and seeing what happens. Um Jericho Danielson. Again, very good. With very good. The expected result, as we had discussed. Yeah, yeah. We, we had. I think we had discussed that exact scenario happening, and of course it did. So we get a a payoff of some sort, an explanation why Garcia, why that'll be on uh, this week's dynamite. I thought the uh, that was, was actually on Rampage, Paul. It was on Rampage. You missed oh, it on Rampage. Rampage. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Fuck it. Damn it. You Are you? Buffoon again. Paul so Paul. Griffin Botch at Paulgafin dot com. Let me take an Ortiz. Oh, a bump. Oh. Oh, he's flying all over the place here. Um, no, they, he, he thankfully he did not do the whole. You people, you people don't get an explanation. But no, he, he said he said you know Danielson was his hero, but he said when Jer- when Jericho knocked his ass out with the with the belt there, uh, whatever that was, um, uh, said knock some sense into me. Yeah, he did it better. Um, <laughs> you'd be surprised to learn I'm not doing it justice right now. <laughs> um, but basically, just and he and he did after the weeks of teasing that he was going to say uh, that he was a wrestler, he did the big. I have a confession. I'm Daniel Garcia, and I'm a sports entertainer. Um, it was good. It was good. Yeah. So um, I enjoyed the match. Um, uh, I think I've enjoyed their their matches except for the first one. This one was 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 really fun. Um, yeah. Okay. I think I think I think the strength of the of the uh, the best compliment you can pay the feud is that we all knew he was eventually going to go back to Jericho, but it was so it was so good that part of me was like, eh, well, maybe you know the crowd seemed to really want him to do the wrestling thing, so that was so I had I had a little bit of doubt, so that's always good. Um, with the women's four way. Oh, or was it a tag? Excuse me. I'm seeing, I'm seeing four names over here. Four names, Jones. <laughs> um, I thought it was good. I thought one thing I noted from it was that I thought it was ironic for Britt Baker to have made the sandbag comments about Thunder Rosa back in the day for how she went for this uh, this uh, horrible Falcon Arrow for the finish. Um, she he was like Hulk Hogan taking a choke slam, brother. <laughs> from Undertaker back in the day. Um. And then that was that was immediately also undercut by by uh, Pack doing a crazy Falcon Arrow on Orange Cassidy. In the yeah, yeah. It just made me remember this shit one <laughs> that she did on Britt Baker, which is abysmal. I just like um, the match though. Oh, I don't think I've been disappointed by a match with any of these three and Britt Baker in uh, in a while. Yeah, yeah. Typically good, I would say. Um, although I feel like we've had less and less. Um, rebel wackiness lately, which I'm fully against. Well, yeah, that because it's weird. Because I've I've been thinking like I feel like Tony Storm's had a really solid reign so far because it's basically just been the matches have been good and they've been long and they've been getting a bit of time and they tend to just be matches with finishes and that's that's that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's been fairly straightforward. Um, yeah, I've I've appreciated that. Oh, I've been saying 
that is a bad thing. I like Rebel a lot and being her being whack. You are so odd. You like the Brit Baker match. I don't mean. I don't mean. Everyone, everyone fucking gets up on the apron and everyone's two seconds late and the, and any momentum the match has dies on its arse <laughs> no, because no, Aubrey no. has to argue with Rebel. Oh my God. I don't mean interferes during a match. I mean in general. I, no, I like I don't her, know what you mean. I like her taking a city bump or I like her uh, I I love Rebel. She is great, but the whole the whole act kind of jumped yeah, the shark. I don't mean her being um Gato of the group. <laughs> many many have called her the Gato of of uh, the the North American uh, wrestling continent, you know. Um She's actually working tag league this year. Um, her, 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 and her and her evil, Folly, Folly, and 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 Rebel. That, that oh, would be great. I'd rather be. watch that than the latest Sean Spears return. Ah, he's got me again. I'll do a tweet: Rebel plus Folly greater than Sean Spears. And then the main event was was excellent. I mean, these two always have great chemistry and. It was great again. Pack Orange yes. Cassidy. Uh, always, always good. Great Falcon Arrow on the outside, as I said. Um, multiple hammers. Yes. And uh, Danhausen cursed them. And as soon as Danhausen cursed them, I said, oh, here we go. He's going to lose because the curse, the fucking powerful curse will do it. Mm-hmm. It was great. I mean, oh, and Pac taking, uh takes a DDT like nobody's business. Yes, of course. My yes. God. My God. And yeah, it was a great, great main event title change for yeah, the fun. first show in Canada, albeit the least important title maybe in the company. Well, well, uh, TNT title? Ah, mm. uh, historically no. At the, the moment, well, at the moment, yes. At the moment, yes. You, you're going back a while. Uh, when was the last time Wardlow defended the TNT title? Was it? He doesn't do a lot Josh of singles Woods? anymore, brother. Was it Josh Woods or someone like that? Yeah, I, yeah. I actually can't remember. Yeah, yeah. I think the All Atlantic is the. To me, that's like the United States title. TNT is like the TV title. Mm. That's, that's the unpacking order. We'll see. I mean, Orange Cassidy having it certainly doesn't do it any yeah any damage. Uh, so that was your your TV review. That was television for the oh. week. We will uh, jump on. Two movies. Movie go for still in the spooky season, so we have some spooky films to talk about this week. And um, I can do the grand reveal of that film, what I watched online because it was on Peacock and didn't have to go to the cinema. You went to uh, the charity shop, that's what you did. Oh, I yes, I did. And then after I watched this film, I went back to the charity shop and I threw it in the old woman's face. I said, I said, you should be paying people to watch this instead of taking money off them. It's a piece of shit, lady. Um, <laughs> you didn't enjoy Halloween Ends, then? Uh, Halloween Ends, uh, I have to say... It is. It is the new champion. It is the new, uh, uh, you know, uh, hand raised, legendary, you know, sort of Mortal Kombat winner for the title of the new worst Halloween movie uh, in the entire in the entire franchise. Which over the last few years, I have noted thoroughly on this podcast, is mostly shit. It's like one really fondly mm. remembered iconic original and then just dreck, 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 dreck for forty fucking years, right? Then they reboot it, and now after watching the two sequels, somehow through some sort of weird, the planets all aligned and everyone got very lucky, Halloween 2018 is, like, pretty good. 
it's like pretty good. It's mm-hmm. a little bit goofy, you know, a little bit amateurish here and there, a little bit hokey, but it's like really good. It's basically just kind of like, okay, none of the other shit's canon. Only the first movie's canon. Uh, JBD Curtis got a shitload of guns. She's holed up in her house. Michael Myers gets out. They're going to fucking square off. And shit's going to pop off. It's basically what Halloween 2018 is. It's pretty good. And then obviously talked a lot last year or uh, two years ago would have been maybe, no, last year, uh, Halloween uh, Kills, which like, the, the, like I thought oh, I had my standards fairly low for ends because Kills was one of the worst fucking movies in the franchise and one of the worst movies I've seen in a cinema um, uh, that I talked about. And then I watched uh, Halloween Ends, and yes, it is it is the worst film in the franchise. It is worse than Resurrections. It's worse than all the like forgotten ones that like nobody even does memes about because like four, five, and six, the completely just like forgotten, boring, uh, uh, low budget crap. It's way worse than all that. Halloween Ends, uh, uh, in a similar vein to Kills from last year, tries to do like meta commentary or like. Uh, punch above its waist by telling a story about like shared trauma in a small town America. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Oh, Mm. there's a serial killer here 40 years ago and we're all bound by it. You know, we all share an experience, but that, which was also what kills was trying to do. And again, if you go back to kills, kills, a lot of the criticisms for the two films are the same. It's just ends is just way worse. The thing is that they're like incredibly dumb shit, but also they're incredibly po-faced and trying to be like really thoughtful, and they're so not. Do you know what I mean? I mean, it's just really bad. the 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 second film obviously had all this kind of mob justice theming in it that was terrible. And the other thing I said in last year's review was that. Uh, it was a legendary filler chapter. Absolutely nothing happens. Now that it's a year old and uh, we've got the sequel and I don't mind talking about it. Basically, uh, you know, in the second film, uh, Jimmy Lee Curtis is in the hospital following the events of, of the first film. Michael Myers goes off and just kills a bunch of other people that don't matter, are completely irrelevant. And then at the very end of the film, Jimmy Lee Curtis is like, ah, that's it. I have to kill him. And that's where the movie ends. And it's like, okay, so it's it's proper kind of like just complete time wasting um, uh, to set up the sequel. Like, like it, it was shocking to me that this was a planned trilogy and that's all they came up with for the, for the middle chapter, right? So this third film, I, I won't spoil it because it, it did just come out, obviously, and it's you know, a very popular franchise. Paul, there's an element to this of um, The Last of Us Part Two, in the sense that there's a big thing in this movie that you can't talk about because it would just effectively give away what the movie there's, there's a, a twist halfway through less than halfway through way through the movie that's that's like okay this is this is something different there is a you play as abby moment in in halloween uh ends and i can't get into it which means i can't dissect how uh, terrible it is and how much <laughs> of a goddamn waste of fucking time it is it's a waste of time both in the sense that mild spoilers the final act comes down to fucking jamie lee curtis and michael myers having a fight which is in all the trailers they eventually square off which is what you would want from the last halloween movie after 40 fucking years right it eventually comes down to that uh everything prior to that is like completely unrelated more kind of uh they're trying to i feel like they're trying to build haddonfield up as this kind of iconic camp crystal lake style okay i have never thought of haddonfield that way i have never thought of the setting of halloween as in any way notable iconic uh uh you know legendary characters settings i thought, I thought the point was always that it was any town usa was kind of the point yeah of, i mean that's mm. presumably 
the point of it is that you know this could happen in your neighborhood yeah. it can be anywhere you know but they're yeah. they're kind of trying to build it up like it's fucking you know Camp Crystal Lake or fucking you know Springfield or or uh, pick a famous you know t- television and film location where where the town is a character they they they're trying to do that again and like I said I I can't get into it but it's it's all dreck in its own regard there's the two central performances are really bad the daughter from the uh, the granddaughter I guess she's uh, uh Jamie Lee Curtis's character's granddaughter she, I didn't think she was especially good in one and two she's a central figure in this one and. and fucking hell she's not very good in it she's playing up she has a, a romance with another character whose performance is also terrible i had not seen this actor before i don't know if he's in anything else but jesus he was not good at all um it's all ponderous shit and then as i said 20 minutes before the film ends okay whatever <laughs> what was all that shit we were just doing anyway here's michael myers fighting laurie strode and it's just <laughs> so fucking weird and i was also waiting for after the big climax i was waiting for a stinger right where all that weird shit we were doing for the bulk of the movie. Here's our little tease for, you know, because obviously they'll do more of these movies. Here's our little tease for what we're going to do in the future, post Jamie Lee Curtis, post Michael Myers. We'll keep the name, but we'll do something different. No, none of that. No, it's li- it is literally pointless. You'll get to a certain point in the movie where these two central characters are completely irrelevant and there's nothing to it, and it gives you the 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 conclusion. What? It's horrible. It's absolutely horrible. All three of these films, even the one I like, they have really kind of rough around the edges dialogue where there's a handful of times in each of these films where you go, what did they say? What did they just say? <laughs> I mean, it doesn't matter because we're just like two characters just walking. Coffee. It doesn't really matter because it's a fucking Halloween movie. It doesn't, mm. dialogue doesn't really, but I'm like, what? What are you saying? What? Um, and just really weird editing. There's, there's, um, there's a, a scene early in this movie where, our, uh, um, a child in the town dies and a character is sort of involved tangentially. It's like an accidental death. And then later on in the movie, the mother of the child and the person who was accidentally responsible for the death have a confrontation in a nightclub and the sound mixing on this, everyone go apologize to Christopher Nolan. Okay. Because, because interstellar (laughs) is interstellar is the godfather compared to this scene because they're in a nightclub. So I guess the idea is supposed to be that it's like hectic and they're having this like dramatic confrontation in public you cannot hear what's being said i i couldn't even tell you the gist of the sentences only for the fact that i recognize the two characters and i understand through their body language what we're supposed to be getting from the scene but you i i, I couldn't tell you and there's multiple scenes like that where there's characters doing a kind of kind of gruff kind of whisper i'm like what you what what speak up please i know it's like a moody atmospheric horror movie but i don't know what you're saying i don't know what the fuck you're saying it's like it's really amateurish in all those really basic ways but then also the plot and everything, everything of substance in the movie is terrible. Absolutely fittingly horrendous end to the film. Someone before I watched it told me when I, I, I said, oh, great, it's on Peacock. I'll just fucking pirate it. Someone told me before I watched it, don't even do that. They said it's not even worth the 90 minutes. And they were 100% right. It was dreadful. Um, so that's Halloween ends. Uh, a fitting A fitting end for that. Not dreadful was Predator, which I rewatched. And, and you know, you know, uh, come on, do it, kill me! I'm the Halloween franchise. Do it, um, uh, <laughs> you ugly motherfucker. Uh, Predator is still phenomenal in in basically every way. It was also the first. It was also the first native 4K film I watched um, on on the old uh, television. Uh, I, I, I I won't pretend I noticed a great deal of difference. To be really honest, if I if I will, it looked amazing. I won't say it won't, but. Uh, you know, even just watching Blu-rays, I'm like, yeah, this looks great. But um, yes, Predator, great. Um, 
God, we're probably going to segue into the Alien versus Predator movie soon. Uh, more, more slop. Um, after this podcast, I might say let's let's watch a good horror movie because we've watched a lot of crap this year. We've watched the absolute dregs of like of the Halloween franchise and the Alien franchise. I'm like, let's skip Alien versus Predator and pick something cool to watch. Um, but yeah, that's been the uh, that's been the films for me. What about you, boys? Uh, I'm continuing my horror watching Hmm. uh this week i specifically did movies that have uh, a a ghost knocking about or some kind of Hmm. you know uh, spirit whether it's a possession or a a poltergeist Hmm. um yeah so let's start uh appropriately with a film called the skeleton key um which is a film i hadn't really heard of uh, before i don't know how well known it is it's a 2005 um horror starting starring kate hudson and, uh, and john hurt uh what was in the elephant man what i just watched uh last month so um fitting uh to my my long gone friend mama this is a film ab- uh, about the topic of uh hoodoo in the uh in the louisiana mm-hmm. bayou so it's got a, okay. first of all, it's got a unique uh, approach to it. Uh, because otherwise the film is quite standard, I would say. It's it's not quite a conjuring, but it's along those kind of lines. You know, it's 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 a pretty straightforward um woman opens the door to the house. Hello, no one there. Oh, spooky. Hello, is anyone here? Oh, what? oh the person there is coming behind them. It you know, it, it's kind of, it's kind of one of right. those. Um, but has a unique setting that at least makes it feel different. Um, Kay Hudson is the lead. John Hurt plays um, a, a mute character. He, he's he's uh, she, she basically Kay Hudson plays like a uh, uh, a nurse, and she goes. She takes a job minding this guy who's had like a stroke, and he's been rendered kind of semi paralyzed and and mute as a result, and. Um, She's living in the house with him and his wife, who's, you know, basically is responsible for the upkeep of the house. And wait a minute, there's a there's a door. We never opened that door. There's of a course. The, the, when we when we bought the house in 1962, the, that door was locked and they never told us what was in it. And so there, there, there's also a mystery box of element of what's in. What's I wouldn't buy that. If, I, if, if you're if you're showing me a house, and you're saying, by the way, we have a mystery door. We don't. Have <laughs> and so. Basically, the mystery of the film is what happened, what really happened to John Hurt. I mean, I've already told you, told you there's potential hoodoo at play. Okay. Um, and, you know, there, there's the character goes through an investigation of what is hoodoo and what potentially could have happened here. Um, I will say, like I said, pretty standard stuff. I would even say as far as anyone out there who's maybe like myself, not a, a huge horror person, uh, especially as it pertains to either go, uh, gore and blood and guts or real spooky paranormal stuff. I would say this is more on the kind of PG-13 side. This is a lot more uh, tame <laughs> in all those regards. But I will say the twist at the end, rather than coming off as either something you see coming a mile away or like a lame twist, I actually thought it was both very clever and very satisfying for this kind of movie. 
uh, and something that I haven't seen done in a million other movies of this kind. Um, and so for that alone, I would give it a, a strong little recommendation. It's only like 90 minutes long. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just just a nice little surprise. It's, it's not one that is necessarily super tense throughout. It's not a, a, a roller coaster, edge of your seat, Dwayne Johnson experience. But it was, it's a nice little film with a, a legitimately clever ending. So I'm gonna. I think I gave it like a, a strong seven on okay. the letterboxed. Yeah, nice little film. And then we have the two big hitters. So we got Poltergeist first of all, mm. the uh, Toby Hooper slash Steven Spielberg, depending on who you ask. Right. <laughs> how much of each was actually involved? And some people will tell you, no, no, no. Toby Hooper was was the director. Steven Spielberg was kind of only in a consultant producer role. And other people who worked on the film will tell you, no, Steven Spielberg pretty much directed this film. Um, uh, so yeah, these are all first-time views. So Poltergeist, uh, I will tell you, definitely has that Steven Spielberg um, magic touch to it, for yeah. sure. Um, and for the first, I would say like the first, uh, hour 15, it's kind of simple. It's, uh, you know, there's a, there's, there's a chair that moves across the room. There, there's like elements to it that kind of paranormal activity took on and right. kind of based its entire film around. And so in the early, it, it in the early like hour, like I said, it's, it's very simple. It's very, uh, well, obviously, you know, if you know anything about Poltergeist, it's one of those films you you probably know more about it than you recognize you do through Simpsons. Yeah, and I suppose like that. You have the TV with the static and, and the little girl touching the TV, um, and then there's weird stuff happening in the house. Uh, I will say, after about an hour, hour fifteen, I was kind of wondering, where's all the hype for this film come from? Yeah, because it's so simple and it's so just. And then there's a character who arrives an hour 15 into the movie and from the moment (laughs) schindler what's he doing (laughs) oscar get back to what you were doing and from the moment this character appears the film immediately ramps up to 10 out of 10 territory for like the remainder of the film so the last 45 minutes is an absolutely satisfying payoff to the setup of the first hour 15 yeah um loved loved everything uh, at the end um there's there's some you know for, for some some lines in the film that are 10 out of 10 lines iconic lines uh, you obviously will know um they're here is is from poltergeist and is was was bastardized by tna at bound, bound for glory <laughs> i yeah. knew you were gonna reference 2010. that yeah um and, and, and on a misspelled sign um but um, there's other lines that you recognize as being, oh my God, an iconic film line. Shots in there that are perfectly done. It's a great, great looking movie. Um, so yeah, I, 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 by the end, I, I recognize why Poltergeist is such a beloved film and it's, it's certainly deserving of it. Mm. Um, and then I looked into it afterwards. I didn't realize this, but that the little girl from Poltergeist died very young in hmm. real life i think she was 12 she got very sick and passed away and her only movie credits are poltergeist one two and three oh, wow. and she's great she's the perfect little spooky child there's mysterious stuff going on she's got the 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 white blonde hair and the straight cut fringe and she does give her lines in that wondrous spooky child mommy you know I, oh my god this this kid is fucking weird 
<laughs> which, which adds to it. And yeah, Poltergeist is great. And then finally, uh, finally watched The Horror of Horrors, the one that for many a year was thought of as being the scariest of all time, The Exorcist. Yes. <laughs> um, which stars, you know, Selma Blair and uh, Lee J. Cobb of 12 Angry Men fame, <laughs> one of my absolute boyos. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Max von Sydow is in there as well. There's lots of great performances in it. Um, yeah, I don't know that The Exorcist has the power that it once had yeah. as far as being a properly scary movie. I think I think that's kind of weakened insofar as how horror movies are produced nowadays. Um, that being said, super influential. I think it's still great. You know, for a first time view, I thought it was great, but not terrifying and not. I was on the edge of my seat, biting my fingernails. I, you know, I think it works better watching it with modern eyes as a kind of almost like the Ring, the Japanese Ring. It's almost better as a kind of psychological thriller than a horror. Uh, and really, the exorcism is only the last act. The rest of the film is yeah. is building up to that. Oh, there's something. You first, you're, you know, you meet the family. The, the, the mother's an actress working on location. She brings her daughter. The daughter is lovely and happy. And then there is a MacGuffin-style Evil Dead. Oh, the book opens. There's a, there's a kind of moment where something goes wrong. And then it's kind of a series of, you know, they bring in a doctor. What's wrong with the girl? The doctor does the tests. And it's kind of building and building and building. Um, and then it pays off, obviously. There's, there's lots and lots of great stuff. Again, great shots. Um, great lines that almost the lines are so famous now that it almost borders on comedy some of the lines but in the context of the film still works um, but yeah I don't know I just don't know I don't think it by by modern standards the scares and I think to be fair I think the scariness of the film is not the fact that that's reduced isn't the fault of the film itself I think the fact that people were, were just more religious back in the day yeah. I think plays into it as well because it's certainly a very blasphemous uh, film. There's a lot of stuff in there that uh, Father Malloy would have been shocked to have seen. Yes, uh, old, old, old Lloydsy. Yeah. Um, but no, I, th- I, th- I thought it was very, very good. Um, as that kind of film, it, it, you you would watch in the same way you would watch something like a, a Don't Look Now or um, Wicker Man. It, it's it, to me, it's kind of that that same level of quality and that same kind of feeling to it. In fact, yeah. I think Wicker Man is is actually scarier. Then the Exorcist, um, and none of them come close to touching the true, the actual true queen of horror, the Blair Witch Project. Ah, um, which is the only film I've watched as a grown ass adult man that actually the last shot I thought, you know what, this is just a film and I don't mind, but that was actually fucking freaky and I'm scared. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's great it's great exorcist uh, not quite but it's it's a very good film i don't know that's necessarily a scary film anymore but it's very good so that's it They're my three three only three movies this week so i've watched uh eight movies i think so far this month which is okay pretty good and i think i've got eight to go still on my list so i'm hoping to get 15 16 done by the end of october all righty uh, I watched one little movie. I was browsing Amazon Prime, mm. uh, as you do occasionally, because sometimes, you know, they add like a proper movie, yeah. like one that's been in cinemas, and so I'm like, oh, I'll check it out just in case they've got right. one. They didn't. Yeah. Um, <laughs> while I was there, I happened to see a little movie called Pop Star Never Stop Popping. 
starring uh, Adam Sun. No, it's, it's never stopped Andy. stopping, isn't it? Is it never? No, right. No, never, stop, never, never stopping. Never stop. Never stopping. Yeah. Yeah. Why did I get never stop popping from? I think. I, I just. I, I didn't. That might be from the Pringles name. ad campaign. <laughs> But I tell you what, this movie never stopped flopping when it came out. Oh, yeah. got it. I didn't oh, you know what? If you type never stop popping into Google, it, it is it like a suggested up. search. Also, obviously, <laughs> a lot of people search never stop popping instead of never stop, yeah. never stopping. I mean, there's a um, lot of ops in that name. Oh, hop, hop, hop. Anyway, so never stop, never stop, never stopping. <laughs> Starring Andy Sam, starring Andrew Bilberg, um, Andy Samberg, and his his little crew of guys who do songs, parody songs, and that. Um, so, have you both seen this? No, yes. I've not seen. I have. It? Okay. Um, it is it is pretty funny. It was very yes. funny. It's it's kind of a so it's a mockumentary about a kind of pop star who Connor Connor. Too real, is it, or Connor something? Like yeah, that. It, it's um, it's it's almost a Conor McGregor pop star. That's what I I found <laughs> from it. I didn't I didn't quite get that, but okay, makes sense. I I, I kind of saw it as a bit of a cross between like a Bieber and a and a Kanye. a bit of Justin Timberlake there as well. Yeah, and a Kanye because he's more of a rapper. But so he plays this this pop star who's like insanely successful, but then he releases his second album and it's a huge flop. And so the mockumentary kind of follows him, like dealing with the fallout of this uh, uh, drop in popularity. So the, and it, it really kind of parodies a lot of like the trends from the probably the two thousands and the late late two thousands, early twenty tens. Um, it's like the beginning of using YouTube and, and social media and things like that. And there's a really like funny parody of that Mac- Macklemore song where he's singing about uh, why yeah. it's okay to be gay. And it's like, it's <laughs> yeah. okay to be gay, but I'm not gay. Uh, it's okay to <laughs> yeah, be gay, yeah. big titties. Um, it's very, very, very funny and very... Uh, Titters. <laughs> um, yeah, it does. I felt the first half an hour was extremely funny. It then does. There's a little bit of steam in the middle, but overall uh, enjoyed it very, very much. Kind of a modern modern day spinal tap. I'm not mm-hmm. quite as perceptive as that, but... Yeah, very, very good. I would recommend it as a kind of 90-minute fun comedy. And if you like Brooklyn Nine-Nine and that, that type of thing, it, you'll, you'll like this. And you'll, you'll go, oh, my God, it's uh, Thingy from Thingy, because there's a lot of uh, cameos in it as well. So, yeah, big thumbs. Well, yeah, big thumbs up for pop star Never Stop Never Stopping, which is on Amazon Prime. All right, yeah. I enjoyed it quite a bit as well. I think it's very funny. Alrighty. Uh, what about television this week? I haven't really watched anything other than oh. more Frasier. What are you boys watching? Loads of TV. Loads of TV. Um, so the plan was that I'd watch season two of Succession. And of course, I was very, very positive on it. Over Maybe crazily positive. You know, on one end, you got Succession. And on the other, you have Sean Spears. That's, right. kind, of, that's kind of my spectrum. Um. And the plan was that I wouldn't watch season three for a while. Um, and then the suggestion came up to maybe watch start watching season three. And I said, yeah, we're going to watch it. Stick it up. And it was very good. Opened well. Uh, shorter, though. Only nine episodes in season three. Seasons one and two are ten. So I feel like I'm I'm losing an hour here. But uh, 
season three started off very positively and i very much looking forward to getting to the state where i can watch it as it airs um yeah continues to be very good so as one door opens one other must close and we did have the finale of season one of lord of the rings uh rings of power orcs and orcs and that and yeah i thought i thought the ending was, was was okay um the ending it's not obviously the ending they're gonna i think they're greenlit for like five seasons or something but uh the conclusion of season one i thought was was pretty good um it wasn't a um succession or a breaking bad or a even a game of thrones finale to that uh level of quality but it was a, it was a decent seven out of ten and i think that's kind of how i feel about the show overall it's like a it's like a strong three star, three and a half in that range. I don't think it's any better than that, which is unfortunate for how bloody expensive it is. But um, yeah, it's, it's just it's just okay. There were some some nice revelations in the finale that hopefully will lead to season two being a bit more exciting. Season one definitely overall felt very setting up, you know, moving the chess pieces in play for bigger things to happen down the road as opposed to having its own kind of major payoff but it was, yeah, it was okay it was it was fine um so we'll see about that when it comes back uh now barry like yourself i am a man who subscribes to paramount plus and one of the reasons for that was that i was promised that we were at some point going to get the entire back catalog of beavis and butthead yes uh, that still hasn't happened, uh, Paramount. No. So, you know, um, I was in the charity shop just looking around, and I did come across uh, all the seasons of Beavis and Butthead, <laughs> including oh, hell yeah. Uh So I have, uh, I, I picked them up, and uh, I did stick on a couple of the very early episodes in season one. So actually, there's, there's two pilots, and then season one was only three episodes long. So I'm just making my quickly through those and um yeah it's crazy how different the show was to how it is today definitely less um bits you know like modern beavis and butthead is is two episodes where they go on little adventures they go to an escape room or they go to you know school and they there's a misunderstanding or they're at work right early beavis and butthead there's none of that it's it really the wraparounds are are just table setting for music videos, which is what the meat of the show is, which has become less that in modern times. Um, so they'll have like nine music videos that they'd like channel change between. So you'll have thirty seconds of one song, and they'll go, "Oh, that's stupid," and then they'll move. You know, it's as simple as that. There's really nothing to it. Uh, there'll be a rock song and they'll just use the same animation every episode of them just like putting Mopping up the metal hands the, yeah. and, and headbang. Um, so it's like, there's there's really not much to season one of Beavis and Butthead. I guess because they had to establish first, these are just really typical teenagers where everything is, that's cool or that sucks or that give me a boner, which is actually a line from one of the early episodes. Um, or, or, and, and that's it. You know, they're, they're, it hasn't developed to the point where they've established the teacher or Daria right. or, you know, any of the other characters. It's just Beavis and Butthead watching music videos. And actually, the voices, like with early Simpsons, where Homer does the, hey, I'm Homer and this is my voice, before he becomes what we know Homer's voice to, you know, be. 
Uh, same thing with Butthead, especially. Butthead's voice is, is just Mike Judge's voice. Yeah. It's not the Butthead voice. Right. And actually, it doesn't become that until season four. The first three seasons, the voice is wow. right. And so I've heard people who are like lapsed Beavis and Butthead fans watch the modern Beavis and Butthead and say, what, what's wrong with his voice? Well, somebody's he, voice. Yeah. There's a different voice now. Mm-hmm. And of course, I know the Butthead voice to be the modern voice. So I watch the early ones and think that's wrong. Uh, so that's interesting. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm, maybe I'm just more a fan of the structure that Beavis and Butthead became. I don't know at what point the crossover point is from where the music videos are really the meat of the show and there's no we don't really care about creating actual stories uh i say there's probably a balance of that from maybe seasons three to seven or something i i it's just funny i think i I think it probably speaks to the novelty at the time the first season came out that you know again this is pre-youtube pre-watching people watch the pre-review or or react yeah it's it's so they, you know they probably didn't need to have much beyond what 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 it was in season one, yeah. And obviously the art style is is uh, ooh it's a big old pile of shite. Yeah, it, was, it looks. It was horrible. literally Mike Judge animating it and like drawing it and animating it himself. Yeah. So now it's all professionally done and looks great. Um. Well, mm. <laughs> no, I mean it's, it's. I don't love their art style, but you know. It looks clean and it looks and it looks well professionally animated. done. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This looks like it was scrawled on an A4 pad. <laughs> flicked the pages. Yeah, he he couldn't find one that wasn't ruled, so there's just yeah. a line down the left hand side of the screen. Um, so speaking of stuff that ruled, I watched oh. the first episode of Midnight Mass, Mike Flanagan's. Oh uh, yes, Netflix series from a few years ago, which is my my TV show that I'm watching along with all the horror movies. I. To be honest, I don't know if I'm going to get around to watching Bly Manor at any point. Hey. But, yeah, a lot of people that I've told, I'm like, I'm going to watch Bly Manor at Midnight Mass. Everyone I said that to has been like, Bly Manor? Eh. <laughs> <laughs> exactly like you did, Barry. So I just stuck, started Midnight Mass. Probably won't watch Bly Manor. Uh, watch only the first episode. Excellent. Very, very impressed. Uh, in an hour, they do a great job of setting up the characters, the town, well, the island, um, dropping some breadcrumbs for mysteries that are to come. Everything that a pilot should do. You know, so I, I understand who all the characters are. I get the character motivations. I have my characters I like. I have my characters I, I, I don't like. That that woman who is like, Father, you didn't wear the correct color robes. It's the seventh Sunday of ordinary time. Um, That's great. great. Yeah. <laughs> great job setting all that up. Um, I thought the dialogue was, was, was snappily written. The pacing moved along. I I, I heard just some serious monologues on the way. There was none of that in this episode. I don't particularly care either way. I'll, we'll, we'll see when I watch it. But uh, as far as a premiere goes, I thought it did a great job. So I probably will watch a second episode of that tonight. Yeah, no, that's a that's a quality. That's just quality television. It's just yeah. really great. Yeah. And, it is and and I will say, it feels immediately. Uh, like a Mike Flanagan project. Yes. It has yeah. that same feel as um not Bly Manor, the other one. Hill yes. House. Yeah. As Doctor Sleep, even though I didn't like Doctor Sleep particularly. Um there, there's that Mike Flanagan flourish to it. Feel, that I, yeah. That I enjoy. The, Bly, Bly Manor is in a really tough spot in like now in 2022 because it's like, okay, obviously everyone would tell you start with Hill House. But it's, then it's kind of like, okay, well, it's really derivative of Hill House. Like they stuck way too close to the formula, but less good. And then it's like, okay, 
But then on, it's sandwiched between Hill House and then on the other side is Midnight Mass, which is okay. That's the return to form. That That's the really good one where he's back. And it's like, I don't know how anyone would, would make time to watch Blind Manor. Well, didn't he only direct like the first episode of Blind Manor or something? Blind Manor was a, was a, I mean, I think he was the showrunner and he directed one episode. Yeah. And like Blind Manor is not terrible. It has it has some creative flourishes and it's not terrible, but it's, it would be very hard to recommend it to watch it amidst the, the, the pantheon of his other stuff. You know. I loved Hill House. I'm loving Midnight Mass so far. There you go. Uh, and then I watched uh, a couple of episodes of Lost, including the worst episode of the entire series run, Across the Sea, which I, I hated so much I did a tweet about. Um, yeah. Let me tell you, brothers, uh, it sucked. Um, so bad. So like Last of Us Part 2, Lost has an episode where it's like, Here's an episode about uh, Bill, who you've never met before, but the whole episode is about this one character. Uh, three episodes before the last, ep- you know, finale of the entire show, finale. so it's a right. really odd timing to do that. And also, the episode sucks. Uh, so yeah, I'm on the finale. I'm on the last ever episode lost. So I'll uh, be able to close that and probably won't watch it again for at least uh, a decade. Can't wait to find uh, out so how it ends. <laughs> it was Ellie what did it um, that's it for me. <laughs> All right, Joe what are you watching this week oh, um, just the one show so I started the new Hulu a show that a lot of people have been raving about called The Bear um, oh, which is yes. a show about a very uh, accomplished chef who's worked in you know Michelin star restaurants and uh, the French Laundry and Noma and all these kind of places and they're very well regarded. But then he's his brother who owns a shitty little sandwich beef sandwich shop in Chicago um, kills himself and leaves the business to his brother. Uh, and out of guilt, the, the brother decides to take over this restaurant and try and turn it in from a failure into something. Yeah, that's something of a good business with good food and et cetera, et cetera. So it's about his kind of struggle of moving from that high pressure world to a slightly different, but equally pressured world of working in a shitty uh, Italian sandwich shop. Um, so it's very, very good. It stars, uh, I can't remember, Jeremy Allen. That's, that's something like Jeremy Allen. I uh, just two weeks ago, I watched a film and talked about it on here and called him the guy from the bear. So I can't, I can't remember his work name. Yeah, it's it's Jeremy Allen something. Yeah, you are right. Jeremy Allen White. There we go. I was going to say Jeremy Allen Greer. I only really heard of him because he's going to be in the um, the A24 film about the... um, Yeah, he's one of the Von Eriks. Von Eriks, yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, give this a go then if he's uh, one of the Von Eriks. Um, He's very, very good in it. It's a very kind of fast-paced show. It's lots of cuts lots of shouting lots of montages lots of music it's it comes out you're 100 miles an hour it kind of recreates that feeling of being in a kitchen the kind of mm. you know pressure cooker feeling of it things flying mm. everywhere and the heat and everything so it does that really really well and and it's only half an hour an episode it's it's not it's only really a comedy it's it is a drama but but you know quite a funny one um but only half hour episodes and it's um has a kind of weird and wonderful bunch of characters that work in the restaurant. And it's, it's very, very good. We watched 
we put one episode on and ended up watching three or four just sort of in a row because <laughs> it's so wow. quick. We're just like, yes, and have another one, have another one, have another one. Um, so I would, I would give a, a big recommendation based on what we've seen so far. Uh, and he's a, he's a fantastic actor um, in the show. I think he does a marvelous job um, of playing a kind of chef struggling with sort of addiction and, and the pressure and, and family, um, uh, the kind of chaos of, of of working with family and friends. So, yeah, really, really good. The hmm. uh, the bear is on uh, the Disney Plus. If you want to check that out. So yes, yeah, very I good. Mean, on the on the list for certain. Uh, that is the television guff this week, Paul. You listen to an album. Yeah. So the new Red Hot uh, Chili Willies uh, album is out. Um, it's another. Fucking double album, one hour, oh, God, fifteen, wait. one of them. So that's two in a year, two and a half hours of music from these boys in here. Um, wait, what? This is their second double album of the year. Yeah, they they, they the returned. That's the mental. I don't. Think, I don't know if they're officially double albums, but they're like an hour fifteen, which to me is two albums worth. Um, I've, I honestly, I have to say, I didn't listen to the whole thing. I've got like six songs, five or six songs left, but uh, yeah, it's all right. It's again, it's, it's kind of doesn't hit the heights of earlier chili pepper stuff, but it's, it's perfectly listenable. I, I quite like the bass guitar as a kind of lead instrument anyway. I just like the sound of it. It just sounds pleasant to me, but uh, yeah, I mean, because there's not a variety of like, you know, can't stop or by the way kind of rock sounding songs mixed in with the funk it kind of just all blends together and kind of the songs start to sound the same uh but they're fine like it's 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 perfectly listenable if there's just too much of it you know um so yeah i don't really have much to say about it i don't even have a favorite song from it just all kind of sound the same the whole thing is one one hour 15 minute long song to be honest and yeah, it's fine. I like Chili Peppers, but I, I I prefer the Californication by the way era where the songs get a bit more right rocking to them. Now it's it's lazy, uh, you know, uh, funky. Ooh, and there's not much urgency to it. So it's just it's fine. yeah. That's it. All right, that's the music guff this week. Not too much to chat about in the uh, the old game guff there uh, either. Uh, playing some more, you know, Last of Us Part 1, obviously. I played a little bit more, uh, actually just today, I played a little bit more Rumbleverse, which is the sort of wrestling-themed battle royale. That game is still really fun, and they've, they've continued to work on it, and it's a little less buggy, and getting into a match is a little less, is a little less long than it was uh, when I played it there a few months ago, so I, I would give that a thumbs up. That is free to play on all of the, the major consoles. Um, uh, two more uh, Game Pass titles I jumped into this week, one of which I did on stream was Spider Heck, H-E-C-K. It's kind of a, um, it kind of reminds me a little bit of Nidhogg. Basically, it's like a uh, competitive 2D fighting game of sorts, kind of. Basically, where you play a spider and you're thrown into these wacky little arenas. It's a multiplayer game. And you basically have to like uh, swing over on your webs like Spider-Man, but you're just a spider. 
grab a weapon and the weapons are shotguns, lightsabers, you know, knives, grenades, things like that, and just kill your opponent with it. And it's super fast. Um, you know, you'll uh, every time you uh, a round ends, either you win it or you lose it. Uh, the next round is contested in a new map, so they throw you into a new map with completely different weapon locations, and so it's a race to go and get it. And you can, it's a two D plane, and you can shoot webs three sixty degrees around you and swing locations. It felt really intuitive to play. It seems like such a clever concept that I think would be really good. Uh, playing with your friends on a couch, like with local multiplayer, but uh, as I as I documented on stream, I don't think it's very popular because I was only playing it uh, online, and it uh, did not seem like there was a lot of folks online, unfortunately, um, uh, to get a game with, which is unfortunate. Sometimes being on Game Pass can give you a little boon in popularity, but uh, I don't think so. So that's Spider Hack. It's, it's fun enough, and again, if it's on Game Pass, you can give it a whirl for for no additional cost. Similarly, you can give a whirl to Tiny Kin, which is a game from uh, a collection of developers who I believe were inspired by the Pikmin games, which I've never played. I don't know anything about Pikmin. I know right. it's quite popular. Okay. I know they're fi- yeah. they're they're finally bringing it back this year nintendo is which is funny because this game has been in the works for a while uh uh, they just put it out and nintendo announces pikmin 4 which is kind of funny but uh tiny kin is a 3d platformer and uh, even though i have no frame of reference for pikmin it it is a very classic 3d platformer in the vein of a you know uh banjo and things like that it's a it's basically a -a collect-a-thon with lots of little different things um uh, uh there uh, for you to collect. So basically the way it works is you are running around a 3D space. It's basically a honey, I shrunk the kids type scenario. You're playing a little character running around in a big house. So you're platforming across you know, decks of cards and there's a television set and a CD player that are as big as buildings to you. It's set in like late 90s, early 2000s. And so you're running around, you're collecting things, various pieces of currency. And along the way, you're also picking up Tinykin, which are basically these teeny tiny little people that will do your bidding another another frame of reference might be lemmings right so um uh you encounter obstacles in the world that need to be moved and so you can throw the tiny can at them to like pick them up and move it out of the way get this barricade out of the way so i can progress to the next section uh there's different types of tiny kins some of them explode right so you just throw them at barricades and they explode them and it's basically just a really 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 satisfying uh uh, 3d platformer the art style is really great because it's a 3d game and so they've modeled this you know bedroom or whatever this kid's bedroom with you know a ball and toys and a xylophone a cat's climbing tower in it but the characters your character the tiny kin the npcs all the characters are 2D sprites. Uh, and it is so visually striking the first time you boot it up and you just walk around in in the environment. You're like, oh, wait, this is... The, the juxtaposition of a 2D character running around in a 3D world is great. Um, and it does all the things you would want a Banjo-Kazooie-style collect-a-thon thing to do. 10 million things to collect. You're constantly... You're never not getting the serotonin hit of collecting an item. You're always <laughs> right. picking something up. You uh, when you find so the, the tiny kin are spread all over the, the the map. So sometimes the the goal of a puzzle is oh you need ten of them to move this water jug out of the way. Oh you only have six. Go find four more. So you find them and you get the little hit of finding them. But then you're like oh I can also move this and I can also move that. And so it's kind of like every single like every couple of seconds it felt like the game. You're either getting a new um uh um collectible or you're getting a tiny kin that you 
make a connection. You go, oh, that's going to help me get over there. Or you're meeting a new NPC and having a little chat. The dialogue's very cute. It's not the funniest game in the world, but it has a little bit of charm to it. Um, uh, you're meeting like little insects that, you know, in, in the vein of a, of, a, of a Honey, I Shrunk the Kids uh, type, the, the 10 million uh, IP we've seen over the years where characters are shrunk down. Uh, it Takes Two just last year is a good example. You know, you're meeting bugs that are living in, in matchboxes and things like that, and they're all quite funny. Um, it's really, really, really great. And I say that as someone, like I said, who has no no frame of reference for Pikmin. I, this is that is, that all goes over my head, but this is a super satisfying uh, 3D platformer. And I'd say if that is in any way your wheelhouse, this game will will satisfy you. Uh, I believe it's on every system, but of course it's on Game Pass if you have an Xbox, so you can play it there at no additional charge. And mm-hmm. I uh, I 100%ed the first level. It's pretty short. I've heard, I've heard it's about five or six hours. Uh, and I 100%ed the first level, which included doing three side missions and getting 1,600 pieces of currency that are scattered across the, the um, I think it's a bedroom is the first level you're in. Um, but yeah, it's fantastic. I think you would love it, Paul. I think it's right up your alley. Um, uh, and I think it has all the, the um, it has all the aesthetic charm you want the game like that to feel like. Yeah. feels really good. The puzzles are satisfying. The collecting is nice, but it also... And it plinks and plops as you pick things up and you bounce all <laughs> over the place and you open a new door. All that stuff's great. All that stuff's great. So, uh, yeah, I um, I, I want to play more of that right now, in fact. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's t- <laughs> that is tiny can. I think it's like 20 or 30 quid if you want to buy it out, right? Um, yeah, and that's Game Guff, um for this week. And I think that's a wrap on the show as well. Um, oh. We... We burned. We we had quite we had quite a, a lineup there this week, but we got through it in, in pretty good time. I think, including a a barn. Excuse me, as I burp into the mic before we wrap up here, a barnstorming edition of Dwayne Johnson Busters. I mean, <laughs> I mean, we're definitely calling this show Chuck Palumber, right? I mean, did I guess that correct? Uh, no, no, Damn. that's probably better than the name I picked. But see, I think Chuck because you got You can just just get a Mario hat PNG and stick it on Chuck Palumbo. No, boom, just call it whatever. But you know, I'll leave I'll leave that to to, to Tony. The, it's the, the done. So yeah, he's. I'll leave, I'll leave that to you. But anyway, I do it during game golf, so it's oh, Okay. <laughs> Uh, alrighty uh, that's going to do it for this week's show we will be back next week chatting all the usual things more games more scary movies almost certainly and uh, more wrestling news maybe we'll have a Carl Anderson update we'll have a Fiend update <laughs> and we would of course have your weekly AEW television reviews so with all that said everyone we will say thank you so much for listening pop us an email over at chairshoppodcast.com or tweet us if you'd like to reach out and uh, we will read your question and or comment on air but in the meantime it's going to be farewell so farewell from me Barry, farewell from Paul Griffin. Goodbye. And farewell from Joe. Goodbye.